0: Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve a lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to today's show. It's always exciting to be here with you, and today is no different and, uh, for those of you listening in other time zones, you know, that's why I always say starting out good morning, afternoon, and evening. Cause if you're listening to me live on iHeart, I know I have listeners all over the world listening live and I just don't know what time of day it may be for you. And if you're listening on the podcast that you can get anywhere that you can find podcasts, once again, don't know what time zone. So it's a lot of fun for me to get to, um, hear from all of you, my, my fans and to be able to bring you amazing guests that helped me shift my own perspectives and in some cases like the one today her book helped me sort of have inner peace around something I always believed and just reading her book really helped me understand that even better. My guest today came to me because of my dear friend Jackie Lapin who has Um, this wonderful company that helps speakers get booked and uh, authors get booked onto radio shows. And she happened to send me um, my guest's bio and said, Hey, Laura, I think you might be interested in interviewing Karen Noe. And I went, yes, I would. So we are here today with Karen Noe, who wrote We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace, which all of you know who are regular listeners, this past nine months has been difficult since my mom passed. And Jackie thought, you know, this book may help you just have some more inner peace. And I have to tell you, it did. So, Karen, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. You know, it... You're not my usual kind of guest, but that's the fun of my show, because I really kind of, I started realizing it the other day, I don't have a usual kind of guest. <laughs> I, I sort of open myself up and say, okay, universe, okay, God, who will help me shift the biggest perspectives for myself and for my listeners so that they can do what they are meant to do in the world? So um, it's a lot of fun to be able to have you on. And for anybody that doesn't know Karen, she's an internationally renowned psychic medium. She's been doing this work for over two decades. She has a two-year client waiting list. This book came to her because of Wayne Dyer after he passed. And um, Karen, we've been talking a lot about the callings this year, and how people come to their callings of all kinds. I think we'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question. How did you know that this was your calling to be a psychic medium? (laughs) I didn't choose it. Let's just put it to you that way. About 25
1: years ago, I was going through a very difficult time in my life. And I sat at the edge of my bed and I just yelled at God. And I said, am I going to be okay? And with that, I actually saw a light that came towards me from the other side of the room. And my first response was, if you're not of God, please leave. But the more I said that, the more it kept coming towards me and eventually enveloped me. Um, I, I felt such an incredible peace that I never felt before. And at that time, I heard an audible voice that said, Lucha Lucina, Bella, Lucha Lucina. And for those who are Italian who are listening, uh, that means light, little light, beautiful little light. And right after that experience, I, I didn't know what to do. I just felt so peaceful. But I started to receive messages from the angels and deceased loved ones, and I didn't want to do this. I didn't want people to think I was not in my right mind. That you're weird. You're crazy. That I'm weird. Yeah. That I'm crazy. Here I am. If you knew me years ago, I was very shy. And, you know, to do something like this, you know, had to be ordinary, I, I just didn't want to do it. But... When the messages started to come, you know, I'd be on the baseball field watching my son playing baseball or such and such, and somebody would come through. This just started happening to me. I, you know, I gave the message, and I saw how much peace it gave to the person to whom I was giving the message. And I said, okay, you know what? I decided, all right, I'll just do healing, which I do Reiki healing, energy healing. And I started in the back of a hair salon. And so when I was doing the healing, the messages would come. And the messages were so crazy <laughs> that there's no way that I could have known these types of things. For example, one of the first messages I got, um, I was working on a woman, doing healing on her, and I, I saw a kangaroo with boxing gloves in my mind's eye, if that makes sense. That's not I a thought, normal thing you see. No, no, especially if you're in the United States. We don't see have kangaroos here. So... um, and then I started receiving the name, and all these images started to appear, appear before me. And it was so—it was Robert. He said he died in a car accident, and he showed me a kangaroo with boxing gloves on. So reluctantly, I said, okay, okay, I'll give in. I said, you know, just bear with me. I'm just starting to do this. This was 25 years ago. I said, there's a gentleman here. He says his name is Robert, and he died in a car accident, and her eyes got so big. And then I said, but? He showed me a kangaroo with boxing gloves on. <laughs> she jumped off the table and she said, that's my friend Robert. He died in a car accident and he boxed kangaroos in Australia. <laughs> now, there's no way I would have known that. No. So, this showed me I really am getting messages. So what happened was word spread. She told a few people and they told a few people and the messages got even more bizarre and crazy and, you know, like Aunt Jemima messages. Oh, I have crazy messages to tell you. And the crazier they are, the more they knew it was truly their loved one because I would not have known that. And, you know, eventually I was booked a couple of years ahead of time and I had to stop taking new clients because I'm only one person and the ones who come to see me want to come back so in a nutshell i didn't want to do this i you would call me the reluctant medium but i saw the piece it gives you know to people and here i am today
0: so that's it was (laughs) there was there one moment when you realized that you could no longer ignore your calling because this is something my listeners struggle with they feel guided to do something but they Mm -hmm. seem to go no i'm not going to do that
1: well Yes, and I want to say two things and guide me back to this question if I forget. Okay. But my true mission here on earth, I believe, is to teach people and empower people to connect with their loved ones as well. Because it's not just about Karen, are we doing this? It's about what we all can do. And I know we can. And that's what I'm so, so excited about, um, that we have to learn how to receive these messages. You said your mom passed. Have you felt her? Have you shelter around you?
0: Yes, just not enough.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to. Could I briefly tell you how to do this? And maybe the listeners will get benefit from this as well. Most people expect to hear a voice or to see an apparition of their loved one, but they don't have a physical body, okay? So how they're going to come to you probably is as thoughts that just pop in your head for no reason. Now, when I got these messages of Boxing Kangaroo and Shemima, all these messages, they just pop in my head, and I knew they weren't my frame of reference. So I was doing it for someone else. Now, when you, I hope you could follow this so far. I, when it's your own, you got it. Okay. Uh-huh. So, when it's your own loved one, you're thinking of them anyway. So, how do you differentiate your thoughts from theirs? Now, this is the key. When the thoughts just pop in your head for no reason, your thoughts will be something like: you see a picture that triggered a thought that triggered a thought. That's you. But your loved one, your mom will come to you, just pop in your head and say something she would have said to you when she was here, out of the blue. When my mother passed, I would feel, not not audibly here, but it would come into my mind, hi, sweetheart. Now, I don't call myself sweetheart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I do what I do, I knew that it was my mom. Or they come to us in dreams.
0: <clears throat> you know, the dreams. Have you had any dreams of your mom? Yeah, but... They've more been flashbacks to when I found her? No, see, that's subconscious.
1: That's a big difference. Um, there's two types of dreams. One would be one of your subconscious, and one is a true visitation. A subconscious one would be very scary, as you're talking about, flashbacks. This is not them coming to you, You're not your mom coming to you. They would never frighten you. A true visitation would be very peaceful. You wake up knowing without a doubt that they were with you. So what I would recommend is to say, Mom, please come to me in a dream and wake me up after the dream so I remember it. And you will see the difference. You'll feel like you won the lottery. I promise you. But be patient and wait, and the mess- and the dream will come when you least expect it.
0: Okay. I see my mom <laughs> a lot as giraffes. She sends me random giraffes. And in ah. Florida and everywhere, you just don't expect to see giraffes and... I've seen giraffes in clouds and everywhere. Oh, I love it. She loved giraffes? She loved giraffes. Absolutely Uh loved giraffes and butterflies. So that
1: is her, I call it, without a doubt sign to you to let you know she's with you. Mm -hmm. And most people, you knew that it's your your sign from your mom. You knew it. Even people who don't do what I do, you know that that's that's your sign. I love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then um, you'll laugh, maybe, because my mom randomly, I'll be thinking of something and just feeling sad. And then all of a sudden my mother will go, may the force be with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment I knew she was trying to describe what her life was like. And you talk about this in your book. And I, and I think, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to save this till after this first commercial break that we're going into. Let's let's sure. take you back to the moment you knew that you couldn't resist this being your calling. Okay. Yes. So what was that like for you? How did, how did you decide, okay, yes, I'm, I'm not going to resist anymore?
1: I had to because I saw the peace that it brought to the living loved ones. It was incredible. They knew without a doubt that their loved ones were truly with them and were okay. There was no doubt anymore. You know, I do healing as well as messages. I do different types of energy healing because the living loved one is the one who's not doing well. The one who's passed truly is okay. But I said I have to. And that that was the story. Well, <laughs> I gave in.
0: <laughs> it, so it sounds like when you said, okay, this is what I'm meant to be doing, you had so much peace around it that you just had to do it.
1: Exactly. Peace for me and peace for others as well. You know, people ask me often, does it, you know, is it traumatic for you, these people coming through? But it's very peaceful. They're trying to, you know, they truly are in a good place. You know, you hear that oh, they're in a better place. But they really are. They really
0: are. And when they share the messages uh, with the living loved one, it proves it. And, and you speak about that so eloquently in your book, We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. And Karen, I'm going to take us into our first commercial break, and we'll be right back to talk some more about the book and those beautiful messages that you have in it. Hang on, we'll be right back, everyone. Karen I I teased everybody about my mom saying may the force be with you and it, it ties to a concept you talk about in your book concept nine which is after you leave this world you always feel this connection with the whole because your body is not separating you from everyone or everything else. That, yes. that is, is so profound, yet at the same time, I kind of felt it ever since the 70s when Star Wars first came out and I heard about, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe the, the Force and everybody's connected. Can you expand upon this concept?
1: Sure, sure. After we leave the body, the energy of who we are connects to every—well, we are, so let's start here. <laughs> okay. We are all connected with each other. But we don't feel that connection because we have bodies that separate us from one another. So it feels like you're over there and I'm over here and we're different. We're separate beings. But in reality, we are all one. So after we leave the physical body, we are able to feel that connection because we don't have the body that separates us from everyone and everything. And that's why after we leave, we're able to see how we have affected each person through his or her eyes as if we are the other person. We go through a life review where we're able to feel that connection because we are the other person, if that makes sense. So it's it's really amazing. Um, those on the other side see so much more than we do and feel and know so much more. It really is not um, something to be afraid of. Most people are afraid of death. In reality, it is so peaceful. It really is. There's, there are no words to describe what happens after we leave this physical body.
0: I know that I've been present at the moment of uh, two deaths, my, my dad's and my mom, at the moment that they left their body. And I remember feeling peace. Of, yes. of it. Like, you, like as they were what I, what I now call the space between two breaths their last breath on earth and then the next one doesn't happen but they're taking that breath in a higher place there is so much peace now when you were channeling that for this book we consciousness 33 profound truths for inner and outer peace um i would imagine that that might have been something that was like really are you really saying that (laughs) But but maybe I'm wrong, because you've been doing this for a long time, and these concepts, to put them into words the way you did, um, that had to be an acceptance thing of getting out of your own way. Absolutely. I had to use my words to interpret what
1: I was receiving, because they often come as messages, uh, blocks of energy, blocks of thought. So it's like telephone, you have to interpret what they're saying right? So what, what happened was, this is a whole story with Wayne Dyer and the We Guys. So if I should, do, would you like me yeah, to yeah, uh, explain absolutely. what happened
0: there? Absolutely.
1: So um, I don't know if, those, if everyone knows who Wayne Dyer is, but he's, uh, they, they called him the father of inspiration. He wrote many, many books. He was on PBS and all books to empower us and telling us how our, our thoughts create our reality, etc. Um, after he passed, I was devastated. I was a huge fan of his. I didn't know him personally, but I I was devastated. I thought the world wasn't going to be the same again. Um, Now, I didn't know what to do for his family. I felt like I had to do something with all the knowledge that I had. Um, I had his daughter, Serena, uh, on my radio show. I have a radio show called The Angel Quest Show. And she had been on my show a month before he passed to promote her book, Don't die with the music still in you. So I had her contact information, and I emailed her to ask, you know, first of all, I said, Serena, is there anything I can do for you? Please know without a doubt that your dad truly is okay and would want you to be too. Ask him to give you a sign to let you know he's with you. Ask him to come to you in a dream and to wake you up after it so that you remember it. And then I said, you know, I did write a book. It's called Your Life After Their Death. And it would, I know it would help you, so I'd love to send it to you if you would like it. And shortly afterwards, she she emailed me back. She said she would love a copy of my book, and I sent it to her. A few days later, I was scheduled to speak at an I Can Do It event. That's my publisher. They have events for the authors. The and Hay House. I was going to, Hay House, that's right. And please stop me at any time. Because no, this please, is this is an important story. Sorry. Okay, so I was, I was scheduled to speak for that event and a day before that there was, uh, they were going to pay tribute to Dr. Dyer. So I went a day earlier. Okay, so we're ready to go to this event for Dr. Dyer and I'm sitting on an author bus that was going to transport the authors from the hotel to the conference center, and I'm sitting on this bus. There's one seat available, and it happens to be next to me, and in walks Serena Dyer.
0: No coincidence there.
1: Right, right. (laughs) There's synchronistic events going on here. But pretty much we were just connecting. I told her I'm Karen Noe, and she said, oh, thank you for the book. And we were just, at that particular time, I was just telling her to look for signs, and did anybody receive any signs, you know, yet from my... From her dad, and she said her sister Sage had a profound dream in which she actually hugged her dad. And she, these are her words, she felt his hairy arms <laughs> in the dream. So, oh, I was so excited. I said, you know, without a doubt, that's a dream. That's a true visitation. That's not a dream. You know, just continue to ask him to come to you. So that was it. You know, I went, I decided, you know, I walked off the bus and we went to the tribute and right after that uh the tribute i don't know what came over me but i said i'm not significant enough this is what was going on in my mind i can't go back on that bus there's all my favorite hay house authors as well as wayne dyer's family are on that bus i'm walking back to the hotel room so i'm saying to myself i'm insignificant i'm so insignificant and that's when he started to come through for the first time. <laughs> and he said to me, and he yelled at me, get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. And I just said, Wayne, if that's you, you have to give me a without a out sign to let me know. And I continued to walk, and I said, how may I serve? You know, he often said, to say that, how may I serve? And then the universe works in ways to serve you as well. So when I said that, he said, you're already serving. And then I said, okay, how may I serve more? So I went back to the hotel room, and there was something very itchy in my shirt, and I didn't know what it was. So I reached in to see what it was, and it was a sticker that somehow had attached to my shirt. And on the sticker itself were the the letters W E. And it had not been there on my shirt before. And how I know it had not been on, on the bottom of the sticker in tiny letters, it said Disney. And I had (laughs) not been to Disney. So, yeah. So I took that to mean, at that particular time, Wayne. First letter, last letter of his name, Wayne. Little did I know it was so much more than that. It was the wee Consciousness, which I (laughs) said, a few weeks later, you know, let me stop for Aaron. You could ask me any questions you want because it's a long
0: story. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. want to go on and on. That's okay. Um, you know, when I read that story in the book, I went, oh, yeah, that would totally be how he would give you a sign because <laughs> he was a, a he was a very interesting man and he had a great sense of humor and and all of that. So he would totally do that. And we're about to go into the national news break, Karen. So, mm-hmm. uh I want to send out to everybody who's listening on the show right now, if you are looking for a book that you can just pick up and read, you know, it's in the summer. So this is I think this is a wonderful beach read because it as you read each little piece, each profound truth, each concept, you can just sit there and stare out at the beach and go, oh, Wow. And just just let it resonate inside of you. And the stories that are shared in this book are truly wonderful. So everybody, we're talking to Karen Noe, author of We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. And when we come back, we're going to be talking more about the book and the concepts in it and how you too can begin to raise your vibration back to your own natural loving state. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Smiles abound here at the Rhett Palmer Radio Studio as both Rhett and Mr. B have new smiles created by Dr. Alex Plains, custom family dentistry and dental implants. Visit his office located just south of the Village Beach Market at 4755 North A1A. Dr. Plains and his friendly thorough staff will guide you through a stress-free dental visit. Visit his website, PlainsDentalArts.com or call 231 six zero zero four to book your appointment now that's dr alex plains two three one six zero zero four your new smile is waiting for you thanks dr plains as the body's largest organ skin is the great protector skin cancer is the most common of all cancers protect the health of your skin with regular exams by a board certified dermatologist Specializing in the treatment of skin cancer, Treasure Coast Dermatology has offices in Martin, St. Lucie, and Indian River counties, with their newest location in Vero Beach. Call toll-free 877-870-DERM. That's 877-870-3376. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us, we are here with Karen Noe, author of We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace, she is an internationally renowned psychic medium she has a two-year client waiting list she's just an amazing human being on the planet and she wrote this book along with Wayne Dyer who uh, spoke to her from from beyond from as I would call it part of the force that whole universal life um, energy that is out there if you're on the podcast it was instantaneous because you didn't have to listen to the national news Karen I, I think it's perfect that I want to raise this right after the national news. In the book, you speak so eloquently about raising your vibration back to its natural loving state. And the world, the way it is today, just has such a heaviness to it. And it's you have a concept in here, concept Tim It says, yes. it, is, it is imperative to focus on what is right in the world instead of what is wrong. How does somebody... Do that. How does somebody enable themselves to, when there's so much negative, to really begin to build that muscle?
1: Well, you have to set the intention that you want to focus on what is right in the world, okay? Focus on solutions instead of problems. When you turn on the light, the darkness goes away. So the more energy you put into what is wrong, the more you're increasing that energy because you're a vibrational being that's producing like unto itself. So whatever you're thinking and feeling is producing more of that. So what you there's so many beautiful things going on in the world, so many blessings around us, and it's not always easy to do this, but it's, it's really necessary if we want to raise the vibration of the planet. I'll give you an example. Uh, several years ago, I was going through a divorce and in order to connect with the deceased loved ones and angels, I had to keep my vibration high. And how do you do that when you're going through a very traumatic experience, right? Mm-hmm. I had to, because in order to connect, I have to be more on par with the energy of those who that, which is very high. So what I did, this is crazy. Okay. Not everybody would want to do the same way, but you do whatever it takes to keep your vibration high. What I did is I went on YouTube and I watched the, uh, the tapes of the babies laughing and the puppies, What <laughs> I did and the puppies running around and, you know, and kittens. And if you, if you follow me on Facebook, that's what you'll see, you know, on my author page or on my personal page, it's the cute puppies. And, the, you know, I'm not putting my hand in the, you know, head in the sand and not seeing what's going on, but you will see I'm um, focusing on solutions to problems. You know, as as Mother Teresa talked about, you know, they asked her to march in an anti-war demonstration, and she said, no, but if you ask me to march in a parade for peace, I'll do that. So uh, that's the way I am, too. I feel that the more energy you put on what's wrong, the more that you'll create it. Focus on what's right, and there is so much to it. There is so much going on well in the world. You know, there really is, and you just need to shift that focus, so that you shift your vibration and then in so doing you're shifting the vibration of the whole planet because we truly are all one
0: right now watching YouTube videos of babies (laughs) giggling I love it lately I've been spending a lot of time on on dog websites Um, two weeks ago (laughs) I interviewed a woman who created the silver muzzle cottage and cottage rescue and hospice for senior dogs talk about a calling. She left a major corporate mm. life and became a dog trainer and then found this piece of property, had more property. So she said, oh, you know, senior dogs, they're, they're being turned into shelters to be euthanized because people don't want them anymore. they they think they're too expensive to keep. And next thing you know, she's, this is her calling and her path. Mm. And it's so much fun to look at her Facebook page because she has all these wonderful senior dogs that she takes to senior centers and and everything. And it's just such a beautiful spirit. So I I do a lot of that, but you can't, I can't at least spend my day faced in technology. And I'm a geek. I owned a tech company for 15 years, degree in Mm -hmm. computer science, you know, engineering brain, the whole thing. So what can people do outside of staring at a screen when they're say out somewhere and something negative begins to happen to help you go raise for it. a
1: walk go for a walk dance put on music you know hug your dog hug your cat hug your child think about your grandchild um do whatever it takes anything that makes you happy you force yourself to do it but i have to tell you when you're in a negative state of mind like i was <clears throat> during that time It's not easy to say, oh, I want to laugh now and I want to go. You know, who wants to go for a walk if you're depressed? Who wants to dance? Who wants to watch the puppies? Who wants to do this? You know, but I'm telling you, it makes a world of difference. You have to force yourself to do it. And in so doing, you know, say maybe a minute or so, you'll be glad that you did. You will.
0: All right. Now, say you're at an event, right? Mm -hmm. And... You are surrounded by this group of people that are being very negative, and right. you you can't vacate yourself from it because it's mm. a business event or whatever. So you can't just like leave the room. Right. What are some things that somebody might be able to do while still people thinking they're still present in the conversation to help oh. shift that? <laughs>
1: so you're saying you're you're with negative people? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah you don't participate in their conversation if it's negative. You change the subject. You could, you know, they may not want to be with you anymore because now you're, you're shifting your energy. Right. You're not in the same vibration as they are. But you'll talk about what's, you know, what's going right in the world. As a matter of fact, I talk about this story in my, uh, in my book, We Consciousness, but with uh, T.D. Jakes, told this story about the giraffe and the uh, tortoise. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was an interesting right? one. Isn't that something? It's they, You know, boy, I'm paraphrasing it. I'm certainly not doing it justice. But what he said was the giraffe only sees what's up in the, in the sky. They see the tops of the trees, you know, and they're eating the trees. And the turtle only sees what's in the ground. So to judge the turtle for what it sees, it's, we can't judge him because that's all he sees. But for the giraffe to lower its neck, to see what the, what the turtle is seeing, actually could kill the giraffe. Because the blood will go to its head, etc. So, we don't want to lower our perspective to try to uh, be more on par with the energy of the negativity. Keep your head high in the sky and what's beautiful and all of that because you don't want to harm yourself. You want to raise the vibration of the turtle instead of lowering your perspective. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done. But it's very, it's very necessary. So talk about the positive with your friends, you know. Don't participate in the negativity.
0: You have this wonderful quote in Chapter 12 uh, by Eleanor Roosevelt. It isn't enough to talk about peace, one must believe in it. And it isn't Mm -hmm. enough to believe in it, one must work at it. Yes, always. You must be the peace that you wish to see in the world.
1: You can't uh, proclaim and you know talk about peace in the world if you don't have peace within. It begins within.
0: And it really sounds like what you were just talking about is negativity can't affect you the same way if you hold some sort of peace inside of you.
1: You unplug from the, yes. Unplug from the energy of negativity and plug into the positive. Send them love. Try to change the subject. Do all of that. You know, I, you know. sometimes I'm with a group of people and they're talking. I just will just think about something else. You could even send them love in your mind and they'll feel it somehow. You want to send them love in response to what they're talking about, in response to hate. You know, and if they're talking about a p- political party that you don't agree with, uh, talk about what you want in the world, which is peace instead of war, you know, love right.
0: instead of hate. And talk about that. I don't know. It's not always easy, believe no. me. <laughs> no. My, As you know. <laughs> my, my dear friend Bob Berg, author of the, Co- the Go-Giver and his recent book, The Go-Giver Influencer. I don't know if you know him, but he's a truly special man. And he, one day I said, I, I kept trying to shift a conversation and this person just was so heavy and so dark. And no matter what I tried, mm-hmm. And I, I, I just finally had to walk away, and I felt like yeah. I defeated. And he said, you know, sometimes people just aren't ready, so all you can do is just acknowledge that and just yeah. move on, which is a hard thing to do sometimes. It
1: certainly is, but it's like a turtle and a the giraffe. They just can't hear what you're saying.
0: Yeah.
1: Just can't hear it.
0: And, and in your book, there are so many other um, Great stories and great concepts in here that you explain with ways that you can implement. And in case everybody, somebody's just tuning in, we're here with Karen Noe, author of "We Consciousness: Thirty-Three Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace." So, um, you know, we're going to cut to our last commercial break, and we'll be right back with more from Karen Noe. Karen, I, I don't remember which concept this one was, but um, you mentioned that when you're on the bus with Wayne Dyer's family and you had spoken Mm -hmm. and you'd done that and then you you decided to walk back instead of writing because you felt insignificant and that was the moment when Wayne started to appear and when this whole we consciousness book began to come in for you why do you think it is that so many of us make ourselves small and you know Mm. suffer from imposter syndrome I know I struggle with it and I know a lot of my my listeners do as well and how do we move past that
1: Oh, that's a very good question. I don't know. Many, there are many people who put themselves first, and you know who they are. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with put, as a matter of fact, we should put ourselves first because we're just as significant as everyone else. However, we must acknowledge that everyone else is, are just as significant as we are. But how do we do that? How do we uh not be small? You say affirmations. what I had to start saying is, "Yes, I am significant, yes, I am significant, and see and write yourself a letter. This is something I had to do. I had to write myself a letter saying how much um, how, why I'm proud of myself, for giving myself my good qualities as if I was talking to someone else it's a very good lesson. I talk about that in one of my books uh through through the eyes of another <clears throat> and um this type of letter, I just, it's something that, this is one of the concepts that I really have to work on the most, is trying to uh, put myself as important as everyone else. So how do I do it? Jeez, I'm in the process of learning it, Laura. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a life lesson, <laughs> isn't say, it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you just have to try and realize and put yourself first to give yourself the time that you need. You know, say no when you don't want to say you know, when you don't want to say yes, somebody wants you to come somewhere and you don't have the time. Say
0: no. Say no. Yet when we, I know it's a bigger issue for women typically than it is for men. Yeah. But there's this idea that, oh, we can't be doing what we're doing because we're not good enough. hmm Did, when you were channeling this book, We Consciousness, kind of talk about it in the book, did they give you... I I, I know it's in here, and I just can't remember the concept. There was something that they wanted us to know. Um, Yeah. Well, they
1: said uh, you have to make your own happiness a priority and not be swayed by external conditions. Uh, That's important. You know, you have to be yourself and honor your truth over society's demands.
0: That's reclaim so. your power.
1: You know, they <laughs> say reclaim your power. Do what you love now. You know, treat your body as a temple of the God that, that it is. Forgive yourself. Focus on love. These are all the things that they said. Focus on love and the many blessings around you. Respect yourself. Take note of your good qualities. Have fun. These are all things that we could do to honor who we really are. And if you realize that we all have God within us, It's not just the great masters, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, all of them. It's they said, This and more you can do if only you believe. We have God within us too. That's one of the most important uh, truths of the weak consciousness is that we are all one and God is within every one of us. And when you realize the power within you, that you have God within you, you could create miracles in your life and you can't treat your, you know, disrespect yourself if you realize that you have God within you. It's disrespecting the divine.
0: That's uh, I just opened up the book, and it opened right to Concept 1, 2, and 3, and Concept 3 is the true essence of who you are as God, but if yes. I may, I'd like to read Concept 1. The most sure. important truth is that we are all one. Our oneness encompasses everything and everyone, including God, the angels, ascended masters, enlightened beings from other areas in the universe, deceased loved ones, animals, and nature. When when that came into you, those words, that feeling, how did you shift? Because I I can't imagine hearing that and writing those words would not have shifted you in some way.
1: Well, it certainly did. And to understand... that it's not just human beings, it's we're one with the animals and one with our deceased loved ones and one with nature and one with enlightened beings from other areas of the universe. Now imagine that. So it shifted me to understand that how significant we really are. And whatever we do to oneself or another, it affects the whole. We have to understand that. That, you know, and if you could really grasp this, you'll be able to create the miracles that I was talking about.
0: And you can make a significant difference in the world. I I just the concept is still processing in me as I read it again. It's hard because
1: we have bodies that separate us from you know each other. So it's hard to understand. We only get it when we leave this physical body, or if you meditate and quiet your thoughts. Because if your thoughts are going a mile a minute, you won't be able to hear the thoughts of the divine within you.
0: You know. It always seems like everybody goes, meditate. That's <laughs> true. And I know myself, I go, really? I have to meditate? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know how you can meditate if you can't quiet your thoughts? You could go for a walk and focus on uh, the sounds of the birds. That's meditating. Just just listen to the birds and, you know, discard everything else. Or focus on your feet as you're walking and just watch your feet as you're walking. That's meditating. As long as you're not thinking about what you're making for dinner and stuff. You know, that's, that,
0: yeah. (laughs) Although those thoughts do intrude often, you know, like, okay, what do I have to do? I have a list of a 100,000 things. Yeah. At at the back of your book, I I thought this was fascinating, and I want to thank you for one of the things very specifically in there, which I I read out loud, um, read last night as well. You have an appendix with peace prayers. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're from all over the place. Actually, these prayers were they channeled? Some of them, or were they the the prayer that I'm thanking you for is the prayer of peace for those who are grieving? But most which of the, prayer? I'm sorry, the, I didn't hear that one. The prayer of peace for those who are grieving. Oh so that's
1: that's all channeled. That's from me. So there were there were prayers, and they're from all the major religions, and I stated that. But yes, they were all channeled. Yes.
0: Yeah, and let's see. Prayers in here from the Baha'i. I don't know if I said that mm-hmm. right. Prayer mm-hmm. for peace. Bye. A Buddhist prayer for peace. A Christian prayer. A Hindu prayer. And what I love about it, I, I've had in one of my uh, most popular episodes. I had a Reverend, a Rabbi, and a Swami in my studio all at the same time, and everybody mm. laughs because the the marketing around it was, "What happens when a Reverend, a Rabbi, and a Swami walk into the radio station?" <laughs> How did it go? And it ended up being all about love and the I commonalities of all the religions. And mm-hmm. you, have what I felt when I read all these different prayers was, every religion, every thing is connected. It's the same. We like to look at the differences, but if we look at the same, the sameness, the similarities. Wow! Everybody wants peace and love. Absolutely. That's right. I mean, you even have a Zoroastrian pair for peace. And that one, and they ended with that one. I went, oh, wow. And and I think it's at that moment, I realized you did them in alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that until, like, just now this moment that they were in alphabetical order.
1: <laughs> but, you know, you know, there are different paths to the same destination. Right.
0: Which is right, going to make the same, a, the same message. <laughs> which is going to make a lot of people listening to this very uncomfortable. Uh, I know. I at, know at the idea of that, and I encourage everybody: if it makes you uncomfortable, um, it's something you need to think about.
1: <laughs> Do you know what I tell people when I when I'm speaking or uh, you know my classes? I tell them if something makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to listen to what we're saying you could discard it because you have to go with the God within you. What right. feels right to you? Right. Does it feel right? Accept it. Does it feel not so good? Discard it. And that's no matter what I say, what the Pope says, what right. whoever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Listen to within yourself. That's the most important thing.
0: That is such a Beautiful thought, because we often hear things, but how do you process them to say, is it right for me? Is it right? Is it truth? And Exactly. process it, as you said, through the God within. So we only have a couple of minutes left. Um, how can people find your book and connect to you, Karen?
1: Sure. They could go in any major bookstore. They could go on Amazon.com. They could come to my website at That's KarenNoe.com. That's
0: K-A-R-E-N-N-O-E dot com. Okay, perfect. And you mentioned you have a radio show as well, the Angel Quest Show. And where can yes, they, will they find out about that on your website as well?
1: They could find out about that, and it it's the first Saturday of every month at ten thirty a.m. Eastern Time on HudsonRiverRadio.com.
0: Oh, awesome. Okay, last thought you want to leave everybody with.
1: What I want, oh, what I want to tell everybody, we truly are all one, and whatever you do to oneself or another, it affects the whole. And try to see through the eyes of every person that you encounter. Forgive those who hurt you, and ask forgiveness to anyone that you may have hurt. Treat yourself with the respect that you deserve, and in so doing, you'll be creating peace on earth, in your life, and in the world around you as well.
0: That's such a beautiful, beautiful thought. It gave me peace just hearing you say it. Yes. <laughs> and I'd also like to throw out to everybody listening a question that Karen asks herself every day that I think would be a wonderful thing for all of us to ask ourselves. and And Karen, that question that I got from your book is no longer just how may I serve? But how may Mm. I serve myself and others? Exactly. And why? Because we're just as important as everyone else. Yeah, I've always been, how do I serve? How do I serve? How do I serve? Mm -hmm. And since my mom's death, I realized I was so depleted and had no reserves because I was just giving, giving, giving. And that one question, because the show is, it's all about the questions, of posing how may I serve myself and others just opens up so much more.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So thank you very much for being on the show today and for sharing the wonderful wisdoms from We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: All right, everybody. We were here with Karen Noe, and as everybody knows, I love questions. So remember, the white questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? And remember, everybody, hug somebody you love, And, you know, put out some peace there today in the world. Have a great day, everyone. See you next week. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.